Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports where we are a guy and a girl who just really loves to talk all things sports. Even in a time when there's not a ton of live sports happening, we will always find something to talk about or someone to interview. So if you love sports as much as we do, make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday for a new episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. We know that there's so many amazing sports podcasts out there to listen to, so we really appreciate it. And if you have a second, leave a rating, leave a review, and also don't forget to subscribe because you'll get an update for every single episode to come. And if you want a little daily fix of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, GG Talk Sports. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are going to get into today's highlights. The first one that we have for you is we were wrong. I know we don't say that very often, but we were wrong. Women's soccer is actually the first sport in, I guess technically it would be the United States, yeah. to return. And they are going to have a... Team ter- sport, which we caveated last time too. True. First team sport in the United States to return. True. Good caveat. And they're going to start with a 25-game tournament, which will kick off on June 27th. And that should be really exciting. It's going to be in Utah. I'm personally really excited because we just watched some Premier League soccer on the TV and it was great. They went into PKs. That wasn't so great for Juventus. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Yeah, it didn't look so good, but we were wrong. The MLS is not the first league to return. It is still the sport of soccer is the first um, is the first sport to return in the United States, but it's going to be the women's, and I agree. It's going to be super exciting to watch, and then closely followed by the MLS at the beginning of July. Exactly, and the next highlight that we have is going to be the NBA. So the NBA players have until June 24th to decide if they will be playing. There's been a lot of controversy. Kyrie's been trying to apparently start his own NBA league. Um, We don't know if that's actually true or not. Before I make fun of him, let me say this. I really do appreciate everything that he's trying to do. I I like the message. Yeah, everybody's attention. I I get what he's trying to say, that he doesn't want to take away attention from the cause, but I also see a lot more points on the other side personally. Obviously, I'm not somebody who is in the NBA by any means or – even like at the forefront of the cause so I can't actually speak from experience but I see a lot of benefits from actually playing. Yeah I do as well I think that one being able to be actually just televised and using that platform given the actual players have to use the platform to spread the message and spread awareness so I think that is the caveat if they will do that then I think it's fantastic. Yeah. As long as it doesn't take away from the bigger picture and the bigger message which obviously is systemic oppression and racism and just everything and anything that is entailed by that. And so as long as it doesn't take away from that message and take away from actually defeating that, then I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be interesting to see who actually goes, who doesn't go, what for what reason. So like you said, it's a short period of time before they have to give that answer. So by next week, we'll know. Exactly. So the next highlight that we have, the MLB. <laughs> I, mean, oh I feel like this in. is just a highlight every single episode that we have nowadays because they are in a frenzy right now. So essentially, the commissioner made a statement on, which by the way, Mike Greenberg did a fantastic job narrating this whole entire return of sports on ESPN a few nights ago. Yeah, he did. And he asked the tough questions, which this was one of them and one of the tougher conversations he had to have to get some answers out of the commissioner of the MLB. Basically, he said, not Greeny, commissioner of the MLB, um, said that this situation has become a disaster He said that they were um, negotiating in bad faith on the side of the Players Association. Um, He threw out a lot of stuff that clearly pissed off the players and the Players Union. So the players all started tweeting or messaging or whatever social media outlet they were using, basically saying, tell us when and where and we'll be there. Um, So now I think that actually kind of got the ball rolling a little quicker than it had been. 
So now they have basically come back. They want to play more games, and they obviously, by playing more games, want to make more money. So they've kind of sent back or rediscussed a new plan on how many games and how much money. So I guess we're just basically back to square one. We say this every time, but we're back to square one on there's a plan or a proposed plan on the table, and now we just have to see if they actually can agree on anything. Yeah, I know. I think it's hilarious, though. Just kind of think about this real quick as a concept. So players are pissed. Athletes are pissed. The commissioner of MLB says, look, y'all are acting like a bunch of babies. Y'all aren't doing this. Y'all aren't doing that. Essentially just calls them out. Then the athletes rebuttal, and now they are in contract negotiations and potentially starting this whole thing off. So whether or not everybody believed that what the commissioner said was great, I think you got to respect what the commissioner said because at the end of the day, I think that was what kind of got the ball rolling because he... It served his purpose, obviously. Tough love. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we weren't on either side. We weren't on the MLBPA or the MLB side. We were just kind of sitting in the middle watching this whole thing play out and trying to really understand it all. It's interesting to see that one little just kind of saying, hey, y'all are being babies, took them. aggressive. (laughs) And it's, like, definitely not passive-aggressive anymore. It was more on the side of aggressive. He was saying, like, this has become a disaster. And I think he sensed, too, which they probably all sensed for a long period of time, but he found his opportunity to, like, realize that people – are viewing it in a really negative way as like fans and viewers and so he needed to like take a stance on it to try and probably get people to like him or whatever it is but it it basically served its purpose because now they're back with another plan and fingers crossed they can actually make an agreement on something. Exactly and the final highlight is the Chargers. So they apparently made a statement about potentially if they had a roster space available or if they had an opportunity to work out Kaepernick that they would. I think that if you look between the lines, they were just saying that just to kind of make some public news and just kind of make some waves happen. But I love the fact that they are trying to make waves happen. I think that on my personal side, I look at every, I look at all the quarterbacks that are actually out there in free agency, and I'm shaking my head saying, wait, Cam Newton's still available. Yeah. Isn't he better than Kaepernick? So I, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. You can... I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I definitely think that it was a team saying that, a team and a coach saying that he didn't see any reason why Kaepernick shouldn't be on the short list or a workout list for teams because he knows that he's still a good player. And I think that just kind of got immediately turned into him saying, like, we are for sure going to work him out. But they just said that he was on a workout list. So I don't know that it's so much like we can expect him to have a workout in the next few weeks or anything like that. But I do also agree that I think Cam has a more recent record of succeeding and also just a more successful career, I think, in general. Um, But I don't disagree that Cap could probably still be better than some quarterbacks currently in the NFL, at least, I mean, by far, some backup quarterbacks. So I guess we'll just see how it plays out. But I'm just interested because I don't know if anybody's actually asked him, and if they have, we don't have an answer. But, like, I don't even know if Colin Kaepernick still wants to play in the NFL. No, yeah, I know. I feel like personally, just I don't – I'm speaking for him right now, but given his platform and given everything he stands for, I feel like he would rather not play and use his platform to really kind of change everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I But agree. that's just me. I don't know. Or and maybe I also feel like he kind of achieved what he had originally set out to, which is bring it to the NFL and have change within the NFL. And now I think like there's a bunch of players within the NFL who can carry that message out and who plan on it. Once again, can't speak for him, but I think... True. No, yeah, that's a great point. I wouldn't say, and I don't think you meant it this way, but it just is how it came out. I wouldn't say that he actually achieved it yet, because I still think it's definitely in the works, but I think what he has done is he's gotten, like we've kind of been saying, the ball rolling, which is 
something that nobody can say that they've been able to do. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And now there's there's there were already players alongside him in the beginning, and now there's even more. So I think that's that's really good progress. No, yeah, I agree. All right, so let's roll into our GG stuff. Yeah. Tell everybody what the GG of the episode is. So the GG of the episode is basically a big fat L that we hand out to somebody who did something stupid or said something stupid or basically something they shouldn't have. And normally we bring some comic relief to the situation and just give somebody a GG. So today's GG is going to go out to NASCAR. Well, hang on. Former NASCAR driver Ray Sicarelli or Cicerelli or... He tweeted that I'd like to announce I'm retiring from NASCAR after this season. I cannot drive a car for a league that won't allow my special flag. And this is where it gets fantastic, and this is where we're just going to end it after I read this because he already had GG written all over it. So NASCAR's Twitter account saw it, responded, and they said, we actually had to Google who you were. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm sure your dozens of fans are real sad about your crusade to defend participation trophies. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a GG in the good direction for NASCAR because that's a hilarious response, but a negative GG to whatever that guy's name was. I already forgot what you said. But, dude, it's like, it's long been coming that the Confederate flag should not be at public events like that. So this is not shocking, and you are just an idiot. So GG to you for even thinking that anybody cares that you're retiring for this reason, if NASCAR itself doesn't even know who you are. And if anybody tries to kind of fact check this real quick, he did put out a afterwards Facebook post. And to make things even worse, he just said that it shouldn't matter for banning anything at all. Because people are allowed to feel the way they want to feel. So, no. That doesn't even make any sense. So, that just further solidified his GG. Exactly. So, essentially, GG to Ray and uh, to NASCAR's Twitter account person. Yeah, solid response. <laughs> solid response. Anyways, guys, that is going to lead us into our topic for today. And that is... Well, you guys voted for it, so if you didn't vote, go hit us up on Instagram, GG Talk Sports, that way you can kind of help contribute to the topics that you guys are listening to. But the topic for today is pretty much NFL breakout players for the upcoming season. Not necessarily breakout players, we're going to kind of dive into some quarterbacks, we're going to dive into a couple others that we think about, but just kind of talking about players that we think could potentially have a great year this year. Yeah, so do you want to start with quarterbacks and then move into skill players, or start with skill players and go to quarterbacks? And let's do the long-awaited one that everybody probably wants to hear about. The quarterbacks? The quarterbacks. Okay, so I'm going to start first with who I think will have a big year this year. And I am not, like, spouting off the obvious options here. I think there's only one really obvious option amongst all of our QB choices. Um, So it's not like we're just trying to tell you something you already know. We're trying to have an opinion on something that may be a little controversial or maybe is just not so obvious. So... My first choice, which might not be shocking because I think I've said it before that I am a Baker Mayfield fan, but my first choice at the quarterback position for somebody who I think is going to have a big year is Baker Mayfield. And I have literally only one reason for thinking this, and it's because of the coaching change. Like, I legitimately think that this is enough of a change to literally put him back on his feet. I was listening to a podcast earlier today that had Lincoln Riley talking about, you know, the different quarterbacks that have gone out of OU and have gone into the league, and Baker Mayfield was one of them. And he was talking about how just, like, a few coaching changes with Baker completely changed his game. So I think having a coach who can really put a plan together that suits him and just makes him feel more comfortable. You could tell last season he did not feel comfortable. Like, he was just doing a whole bunch of shit all over the place because there was no consistency in their plan whatsoever. So I think for one solid reason, 
aside from the fact that I already think he's talented, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Some can argue he's not quote-unquote one of the elite or whatever they want to say. But I think he's super talented, has obvious big talent around him, and I just think for the reason of the coaching change to somebody who I think he can mesh well with, I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention, just to even add in the fact that they really didn't lose anybody on offense. They just kind of added a fantastic tight end. So I think Baker's poised to have a fantastic year. That's a great choice. My first one, and this is pretty obvious as well, but Steph said originally, instead of kind of calling out some of the old bulls, you know, like Tom Brady, the Drew Breeses of the world, or, you know, the Russell Wilsons, or anything like that, we kind of wanted to call out some players who are young bucks, if you will. And this one's obvious. This one's so obvious. You guys are going to be like, well, why'd you even say him? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You got to say it. He's a young buck. He might be the Super Bowl MVP and he might be the former MVP and he might be potentially the most important player in the NFL right now or the most influential or this and that. But I still think that Patrick Mahomes obviously is going to have a fantastic year. He missed a few games last year, so I'm excited to see just what he can actually do this year with a full season under his belt, hopefully, not to mention with the weapons that he has at offense, another year being able to learn defenses and reads and schemes and how to really control the offense instead of having Andy Reid tell him everything, I think it's going to be fantastic to see what the Chiefs can do. Yeah, I definitely think that he still has room to get better, which is scary. And I think that he has said that himself too, like he's still learning so many things. So I agree. It seems obvious, but I think that there's still a lot of upside that people don't even think about. So my second choice is technically an old buck, but I think that this year is going to be massive for him. And that choice is Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about the whole situation on here several times about them bringing in Jordan Love instead of somebody to help him out. And I think that what they did is probably just lit a massive fire under his butt. And he's just going to continue to prove this season why there's nobody better than him to replace him with on on this team. And so I think he's going to have a massive year. He still does have limited resources to work with, but I don't think that stopped him before. And I don't think it's going to stop him now. So I just see him having a massive year to just be like, hey, don't forget This is what you're going to be replacing, so think twice. I mean, yeah, the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers has thrown one touchdown to one first-round draft pick in his entire NFL career. Still blows my mind. So I'm pretty sure that with a couple of squidbillies on his team, he'll be all right. (laughs) Squidbillies. They're not squidbillies. I apologize to anybody that is Aaron Rodgers' receivers, (laughs) Lazarus, Devontae Adams, yada, yada, yada. You guys are not squidbillies. You guys are great athletes, but you are not OBJ or D-Hop or anybody like that. Devontae Adams is on that level. I I don't think he's... I don't think he is that level, but he's getting close. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers can, I don't know, almost kind of say, like, fuck you, Green Bay. I am kind of hope he does. Yeah. But that'll lead me into my second choice, and we're going to actually go back to an OU quarterback, and this I'm is not- Kyler Murray. Yeah. So I think Kyler Murray, I mean, how can you not say Kyler Murray when you're talking about a young quarterback who has fantastic talent around him and a great coach? I mean, yeah. he has all the pieces to be successful, so if he isn't successful, it's kind of on his own shoulders. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see. I think that the fact of the matter is Larry Fitzgerald, D-Hop, I mean, he has a fantastic offensive core. You throw the ball up and you say, go get ball. Yeah. That's it. Literally, you can. I could probably throw the ball and they would catch it. I mean, it's likely, yeah. No offense to anybody. He has two of the best sets of hands on his team going forward. and He has like the old generation OG hands and then he has like the new generation OG hands. I mean, it, it's... Kind of nice. <laughs> I agree. To your point, I think if he doesn't do well this season, I think that there was a lot of promise last season and people saw him as somebody who was still young and still had a lot of improving to do but had a lot of potential. And I think year two will do a lot to kind of show which direction he's going to go in. But I think I agree with the, the talent he has around him. It would be hard for him to go in a negative direction. But 
My third choice is going to be Deshaun Watson, which is kind of tricky to say. He is definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks, so I am a bit biased in that sense, but I also think this is another situation where I feel like somebody's just going to really try to prove the value that they can bring to a team. He does go into free agency or his contract ends in 2021. I think he's going to want to be able to really show what he can do, even with limited people around him, since good old Bill O'Brien stole everybody out from under him, basically. Just get him out. I know. Or just get a GM. I don't care what you do, but just stop trading everybody and getting shit players in return. Not shit players, but not the equivalent in return. So, But back to Deshaun Watson, I think that he has shown that he can carry a team, and I think he's going to do it again this year, but I think it's going to be even more impressive. I think we saw a lot of growth in him the last few games last season, so I think that's going to continue into next season. Yeah, I think the big key and big factor for me in terms of the Texans' success, you already know Deshaun Watson's going to show up. Yeah. You already know that. There's no questions asked about his performance, but I think the performances that I'm curious about is how are the receivers going to show up? Is Randall Cobb, who's not old, but getting old, going to show up? Is Willie Sneed going to get injured? I mean, so it, it makes you wonder, are they going to stay healthy? Are they going to be able to help Deshaun Watson? Because his core receiving group isn't terrible. They just have question marks next to like very important things. For example, Randall Cobb, questionable at times. Yeah. Stays kind of quiet. Doesn't yeah. really make big time plays all the time. Willie Sneed gets hurt sometimes. Fantastic player. Extremely quick, great hands, great routes. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay healthy. And if their running game can get going too, since that's who they traded D-Hop for. So we'll very see. true, very true. So my third one, and this is a sleeper of sleepers, and I do want to say this before I say his name, Lamar Jackson would be in here. Yeah. We just obviously aren't saying his name because I want to say this person's name instead. But the, Lamar Jackson would be He's over this person. Going to have a good year, yeah. Exactly. So mine's Drew Locke. Does anybody know who that is? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Most people that are probably listening to this podcast know who Drew Locke is. That is the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I think that he's poised to have a fantastic year. The talent that they have brought around him, the coaching staff that they have around him, the defense that they have around him, the ownership that they have around him. I mean, I think the Broncos, well, minus Vic Fangio's statements a couple weeks ago, I think the Broncos are poised to have a really great and successful year. I think so, too. I think they did a really good job of, like you said, getting some other young talent to complement Drew Locke in this year's draft. And I think that's going to pay off really well for them because those kind of connections can just start to go, I mean, assuming that they can actually work closely together before the season starts because of all the pandemic and everything. But I think that those are some really good connections that can build super strongly over the course of the season. So I agree. I think he can have some really good success. And I think this is probably like the biggest dark horse of the mix that we just went through. So Joe Burrow. Joe, he's going to, we can't really gauge him because <laughs> we haven't seen him play in an NFL setting. But Everybody knows how I feel about him. Let us know over on GG Talk Sports on Instagram who you think is going to have a super successful season. Maybe somebody who's not so obvious. Let us know who you think. Um, we're going to post it up on our Instagram. So go check it out and continue the conversation over there. But that being said, we're going to lead into some skill players who we think are going to have big years this season. And I think this is, there's obviously like hundreds, literally of players that you could put on this list. And we picked a few of them who we think could have big seasons who maybe didn't have the biggest season last season or, you know, just ones that we think are going to really blow it out of the water this year. Or just need a bounce back season. Yeah, exactly. So do you want, you start this time. Okay. So I'll just, I think maybe I'll just say my three and make my cases for my three and then you can go your cases for your three. Switch it up. All right. So my first one is Mike Evans. And I know that Mike Evans is a well-known name. People know who he is. People know that he's a fantastic receiver. 
But I also think that he's never had a fantastic quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Jameis Winston could be great. Has he been great? Mm, Questionable. Not great enough. So I'm excited to see what Mike Evans can actually do with a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over a ton. Because if you think about it, when Jameis Winston throws those picks, that takes away from Mike Evans' receptions potentially. So I think that his reception count's going to go up. I think his touchdown count's going to go up. I think his receiving yards are going to go up. I think that he just, like, before was kind of forgotten a little bit. Like, I think sure. you kind of forget how good he is. So now, like, the attention will be back on him, and we'll see how he kind of reacts in that situation. I mean, he's only had two 10-plus touchdown seasons. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because you'd think somebody that always is talked about and arguably, I don't know, always arguably in the top 100 yeah. for NFL players. Yeah. He's only had two 10-plus touchdown seasons. Yeah. Um, and those were actually in the beginning stages of his career. So I think potentially Tom Brady might be able to help him out. I also think that just the offense that they're going to run yeah. is going to help him out. So I'm excited to see how he does. The next person on my list is Miles Garrett. Obviously, we all know that his off-field issues, well, technically he was on the field yeah. issues were a problem. <laughs> field, yeah. <laughs> but I think that the fact of the matter is, look, he, if he does that again, he'll never play football yeah. ever again, period. Mm-hmm. He'll never get a paycheck for playing football ever again if he does that again. So I think he understands that. Everything that I've read about Miles Garrett and seen always shows him as a stand-up guy. Yeah. I think his emotions got the best of him. I think also maybe we do need to talk about Mason Rudolph potentially called him a N-word. Yeah. Don't know. Don't want to say I know. But yeah. that was also what Miles Garrett said happened. And yeah. if that was what happened. Or even if he didn't say that's what he thought he heard. So, yeah, I just think that Miles Garrett's poised to have a big year. I think that if you were really following along with his season last year, he was wrecking games. Oh, yeah. He was wrecking games, and he was unintentionally hurting quarterbacks. (laughs) I mean, it was crazy what he was doing in the NFL last year. So I think that if he can come back next year, he's going to come back healthy. He's had a shit ton of time off. Yeah. And not to mention, he's a freak in the weight room, so he's going to come back even stronger than he was. Yep. I think that he'll have a great year, as long as he obviously doesn't swing his helmet at somebody. I think so, too, and I think that he'll be super aware of those sorts of situations, so I think he'll be able to, like, you know, monitor his behavior or his reactions to things just for that exact reason, so I think he's poised to do really well, too. Yeah, no, I agree. And then my third and final one, and this one, if you guys do follow the podcast, this may not shock a lot of you guys, but when you hear it, you're probably going to be shocked, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, <laughs> the first-round draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, so I think that he... I think that he could have a massive breakout season. And don't get me wrong, I don't think he's going to lead the NFL in rushing yards or rushing touchdowns for that matter, but I think his impact, the impact that he's going to give the Chiefs in terms of an actual running back who was dual threat, no offense to Williams, he was a great back, he helped them win a Super Bowl, and also can't forget Shady McCoy who played a few games. But with that being said, they didn't have a back go over 500 yards in the regular season. Williams had 498, so he was very, very close. A little jump forward and would have had 500. But I think that Clyde Edwards Alaire is going to be the workhorse back. I think that he's going to get over 500 yards, and I think that he's going to be a great boost for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I definitely think so too. And I think that uh, I've heard quite a few people like who are kind of knowing the organization based on some of the shows we've seen on ESPN too say that they're super excited to have him as an addition to their team. So I think they're already scheming on how to use him, which is dangerous because that's a lot of good football minds in one room working to make sure he succeeds. So I mean, Andy Reid, think about that. Andy Reid has had some fantastic running backs. Darren oh, yeah. Sproles, Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy. Oh, yeah. He knows how to use them. Yeah. I think those are all really good picks. I think there's definitely some that are a little less obvious, and then there are some that we just think are going to do really good. But I'll move into my list. Let's hear them. And so my first pick is Todd Gurley. He made the move to the Atlanta Falcons, which I'm super excited about because 
I just think that it was, you know, getting a little bit old and not working at the Rams. So I'm super excited for him to have moved to the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that he just, this is, to Chad's point, somebody who I think is going to have a bounce back year. So he was one of the top running backs in 2017 and 2018, had over 1,000 rushing yards. And then in 2019, obviously he had some injuries and he had limited um, carries and he was just limited in general and only had in like the 800-yard range. Um and obviously, same thing that you said about Miles um, Garrett is like he's had time to recover, he's had time to heal, he's had time to build muscle, he's held, had time to just really get into prime fit condition. And I do know that he passed his physical, like that they set out for him, which was exciting. So I just think all those things combined with an offense that I think really needs a good running back, I think he's poised for some success there too. I think that's a great point. I think the the, the biggest takeaway for me and Todd Gurley is the fact that he cleared his physical. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have offered him and they wouldn't have signed him if there was any small chance that he was hurt or going to get hurt again. So fingers crossed that he is able to have, obviously, kind of like what Steph and I said, a bounce back season. Yeah. So my next pick is going to be George Kittle, which might sound kind of weird because he's already basically in the conversation for top two or three um, tight ends in the league. But I just think because they no longer have Emmanuel Sanders, I think that George Kittle is going to be even bigger of a piece of the puzzle for the 49ers. And I think that he is just, I think he's kind of like a mixture, which a tight end is nowadays, is like very much a wide receiver at the same time as being a tight end. And so I think that he's going to even have a bigger season than last season. He had five touchdowns last season and just a little over 1,000 yards. In 2018, he had almost 1,400 yards. So I think there's still upside for him to just do even better than he did last season. So I'm seeing him having a big year. Plus, he wants to get paid big money, so he better perform. That's what I was going to say. He's definitely going to have a big year because he needs that big paycheck. Exactly. So that was my second pick. And then my third pick is Stefan Diggs. So obviously, we know that he went from the Vikings to the Bills. And I'm really excited for this for the Bills because I think that they need this kind of receiver on their team. And I think that Josh Allen can be a really good quarterback for him to connect with. Um, We are obviously big fans of John Brown because Chad went to Pitt State, which is where John Brown went, and we got to see him play in college and are continued fans. So I think that he is still going to be a big piece. But I think that Stefan Diggs just gives them that number one receiver that they can really rely on. And I think because he really is kind of their only big consistent receiver that I think that they're going to give him a lot of attempts, which could lead to having a really big year. Yeah, you know, literally right before I was about to say something, I was going to completely argue against Stefan Diggs. And then you mentioned JB and the fact that we were teammates. And then I started thinking about how did he play back in Pitt State? Because we had two really great receivers. Yeah. You'll never know who the other one is because he ended up getting in off-field trouble. But with that being said, and I don't want to say his name because I still know him. With that being said, I think that JB is fantastic. I mean, like, fantastic as a number one receiver, but I think he might be even better as a number two. Yeah, I think so, too. Because he can get more creative. He can run his routes. And Mm -hmm. if there's anything that John Brown can do, it's run routes. Literally, I've never seen anybody run a more crispy, perfect route tree than JB. And fast. And fast. Yeah. So I think that the addition with Stefan Diggs being able to spread the field a little bit, and then the addition of JB being able to kind of be your little, I don't know, Army Swiss knife, if you will, kind of move him around. And then you also sleep on Cole Beasley's little yeah, athletic ass running around everywhere. Or, yeah. So I think that the they really are poised to have a great season. I'm going to argue the fact of the matter, though. I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to have a crazy massive year. I think that that's just not how the Bills work. Yeah. Um, but 
I would love to be wrong. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll circle back at the end of the season and see who of these actually ended up having a really big year. But for now, those are kind of the big ones that we're really feeling like could have some big potential for the next season. Um, some quarterbacks and some skill players. So once again, like we said earlier, make sure you head over to GG Talk Sports. Tell us the quarterback and the skill player that you think are going to have massive seasons in 2020, assuming everything goes according to plan for the season. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you leave a review, leave a rating, and make sure you're subscribed because we have a lot of really good episodes coming up, and a lot of them are interviews with people you don't want to miss out on, so make sure you're subscribed. Yeah, she's not wrong, guys. We have had some fantastic interviews already, and we have some fantastic interviews to come, so like she said, don't forget to subscribe. But we also do want to say, like always, thank you so much to everybody and anybody on the front lines and everybody and anybody just doing their part during this crazy pandemic of ours. We hope everybody's staying healthy. We hope everybody's staying safe, and we cannot wait to see you guys next time. Well, technically, talk to you guys next time. (laughs) Exactly.